welcome, 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 podcast listeners. It's episode number 89. 89 of the Fret Talk podcast. 89. <laughs> That's Matt Quine. Yeah. Hey, hi, Matt. Uh, hi, Matt. Hi, hi, Matt. I've missed you, man. I've missed you. Oh. As, <laughs> as lovely as it was to have uh, a podcast with an American chap, Matt Quine is, is Matt Quine. He's just, yeah. I am. You Correct. are. Oh, it makes me happy, man. Uh, how are you? It's uh, it's been a yeah, while. Yeah, not too bad. It's been a while. It has. It's, it's been two weeks since I spoke to you. I know. That's yeah. Probably the longest we've gone, with the exception of the Christmas break, in like a year and a half. Yeah, for me, <laughs> mate. It's uh, it's it's been an emotional week. <laughs> so, um, what have you been up to, Matt? It's, all sorts. Um, majoritarily, I'll, I'll say this now, has been work. Yeah. But if we if we just like file that away in the things that we don't want to think about, yeah, we don't we're care about. Now. Yeah. <laughs> work I've, is I've a means a to of... get money, isn't it? And money is for gear. So. <laughs> well, on that note, um, if you are in the Fret Talk podcast group, you'll see that on Wednesday of last week, which is now for us. Yeah, I shared a video from the Guitar Geeks YouTube channel um, where he mentions that there, there's a Les Paul series coming back. So he did a, a series probably two years ago at this point where yeah, he a fair took a time ago, 90s, it? 90s Les Paul it was and a, a Studio Light. Studio, yeah, that one was a Studio Light and he, he did it up and made it into a a far better guitar than it had any right to be looking at the state of it when it started. Absolutely. And about, I, I want to say about January time last year, I was just mentioning in, in our private group that, you know, I, I'd, I'd love a Les Paul, but I never have the kind of cast to drop on one. And he yeah. was like, well, I know somebody who's selling a similar it's a 90s studio rather than a studio light, but I know somebody who's selling a 90s studio that I could do up for you, and you can pay me monthly rather than pay all the cash in one go. And I was like, that sounds incredible. <laughs> so tw- 12 months down the line, I finally paid it off, um, and he started work on the guitar. Excellent. Excellent stuff. Um, I I was cursing at the screen because... It, you uh, you shared that link about probably twenty minutes before we start start casting, and I knew that I wouldn't have time to do that and then do the write up for the the podcast because again, listeners, believe it or not, we don't just come on here and make it up. I actually do the tiniest amount of research. Uh, um, so I was cursing at the screen because I I really I absolutely loved um, that last series where he he did up the studio like um, I I mentioned to him actually um, when he was doing that that he was possibly the only person who I would watch uh, sanding the neck of a guitar for 10 minutes and still want more so I am. I'm so so enthusiastic to get another <laughs> uh, another next sanding video, which I believe that one is next Wednesday, um, which will be this Wednesday as the pod comes out. But yeah, so episode one was just 
taking off all the hardware and going through, look, these are the bits that are wrong with it. These are the kind of things that I'm going to be doing. Taking out yeah. all the hardware, taking out everything like that, and just getting it stripped down to be its total naked, Les Pauly, no, nothing kind of attached, mm-hmm. all the tuners out, all the electrics out, all of the like metal work out of the body, and getting it to that stage ready for the prep for for removing the paintwork. Yeah, so so a lot of preppy stuff. I know that he he was he was mentioning about stripping the Les Paul naked, uh, and I, I feel that we're probably obligated to, to make some kind of comment here. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what that comment is, but I mean, listeners, you 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 know us well enough to know that there, there's probably a smutty joke there somewhere. So you can make that one up yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that. That's kind of sort of part one of I, I've not really been up to. I've just been watching the video and I've been sort of messaging back and forth with Andrew for the last few months. So I'm sort of like the specs that I want. So like he's, he yeah. gave me a list of pickups that I can put in it. I, I can't even remember what I've gone for now. It's either burst bookers or classic 57s. I can't remember. He sent me some sound clips and I said that one. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> mean, know, I, I, either way, they're they're very good. Um, I I think the um, the mid ten that I've got has got some burst bookers in. So burst, I think it's like a burst booker three and burst booker five or something. Um, and they sound they sound Gibson essentially. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm after. I'm something I'm after something that sounds Gibson. Yeah, and um, yeah, so he's he's looking into that for me. And like um, he mentioned in this one, obviously the person who had it before. He picked it up, has replaced the original tuners with Grovers, and he was like, do I want to keep them or do I want to go back to the the original style? And I was like, keep the Grovers every time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You, don't, you don't want to re- replace actually good tuners with ones that are like, theoretically correct, but... <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, and uh, like it's a, it's, a, it's a black Les Paul studio, and it's going to have silver hardware so sorry, chrome hardware so yeah. why would i change the tuners away from being chrome i think it'll just offset everything perfectly yeah yeah it should do and yeah the work that he did on that uh on the studio light made me want a studio light uh so uh i'm i'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to uh to what he's what he's going to be doing with this one and uh, looking forward to you getting like finally getting on that Gibson Les Paul ladder. This will be my first ever Gibson. Oh, fair play! <laughs> Which is just yeah. I've had Epiphones, but I've never had a Gibson. I've had I've got an Epi Epi SG, um, which I ended up replacing the neck on. It was one of the bolt on neck ones. It was one of the real low end Epi SGs. And yeah, yeah. I had the, the Epi Explorer. Oh shit! The the G three ten is it? Three ten. Three ten. Three twenty. Something like that. Yeah. But like one of the, one of the the neck plate screws doubles up as the the strap holder. That's <laughs> yes, <how. laughs> it does. Yes, it does. Oh shit, man! You're bringing it all back to me now. Like, yeah, that's the so kind bad. of level of workmanship in the, in that guitar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man. Oh, but I mean, they served a purpose, didn't they? they yeah, and you know, it was, it was my first foray into non-Ibanez guitars. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah like uh, to this to this point, I think in terms of like, I, I've owned a fair few Epiphones actually. I've 
I owned a, a G a G four hundred. I I sprung for the higher model, <laughs> um, which was a, a it wasn't the greatest guitar, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> it had those those covered um, covered Epiphone uh, kind of. Uh, Al Nico in quotation mark pickups that are just far too dark sounding uh, and I I didn't know about setting up guitars at the time and the action wasn't great so it was like after after maybe like a year and a half two years of having it I just sold it because I just thought well this isn't this doesn't play well yeah so, so yeah <laughs> uh, and I then, can imagine ironically I bought an Ibanez after that ah, because it played well <laughs> yeah um but yeah I've, I've owned like epi epi les paul standards les paul customs um i'm sure i've owned more epis as well actually um but then yeah I, so i i own a, a les paul standard as you probably know with the blends in yeah um i've got the midtown and at one point i had uh an sg as well like a it was a uh, 70s tribute SG, I think, with mini humbuckers. Right. Okay. Uh, so I mean, I've I've owned a fair few, but I mean, you are in good company with those 90s uh, studios. They're solid, solid workhorses. Yeah. They are. Well, that was it. Like from everything that I've read online, and obviously uh, the guitar geek himself kind of aimed for the the 90s studio for a re- like the studio light even for the reason for a specific specific reason and just like. He said he wouldn't have gone for an early two thousands model. They've got issues here, there, and everywhere. Whereas, like yeah. the the nineties ones were kind of workhorses, and I was like, right, well, if you you know, he knows that. I've I've read online similar things where, um, depending on the area you get, there's there's different qualities of wood being used. There's different quality control going on at the company at the time. But yeah, everything seems to kind of point to the fact that the nineties guitars kind of were were top quality. And then that was kind of where where they hit their they're maybe not exactly a you know trough or anything they just kind of dipped in quality a little bit yeah it was it was the consistency of quality because you could like after kind of two thousand and four five ish onwards you could get quality guitars but equally you could get not quality guitars yeah um whereas uh, I believe the ones kind of before that were pretty consistently. I mean, unless you're talking like the 80s stuff, which are, again, I, b- I believe the quality was uh, um, yeah. patchy. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. And hopefully it's, uh, it's what uh, it will ignite that kind of love for the, the Gibson stuff. Hopefully not too much because yeah. it's fucking expensive. It's, a, it's an expensive <laughs> dragon to yeah. chase, that is, isn't it? Well, that's it. Well, basically, I can't remember. It was two or three years ago, and I had a string snap at a gig that um, I only had one guitar at for whatever we. I probably left a guitar at home thinking it was in the car, um, yeah. and then I snapped a string on my guitar. And the other guitarist, his main, or he generally uses a strap for most songs and has like the stuff, the stuff that we play that's a little bit rockier. He'll jump over to the Les Paul. And yeah. rather than me restringing a guitar in the middle of the gig, he was like, "I'll oh, just pick the last ball up." And <laughs> Dangerous game. I'd, I'd, I'd played some late two thousands Les Pauls that hadn't inspired me. 
Yeah. And his is a 2000 Les Paul. And it's like a, I, I don't even know what the color officially is called, but it's almost like the flame gives you, gives it look, it makes it almost look like a tiger because it's kind of like almost like an orangey kind of burst. Apparently, all I know is apparently one of the guys in McFly has a similar color. Nice. I, I don't know anything about it. Like what I, I know, all I know is it's a Les Paul standard with a flame top, but not in your standard color, like the normal colors. When you think of a Les Paul, it's kind of like a yeah, kind of like an amber burst. burst. It was like an amber. I just, I, I just it's, 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 it's barely a burst. They they get slightly dark around the edge, but it's barely a burst. It's almost yeah. like one solid color, but color, but quite the the flame is quite apparent. Barely a burst should be a should be a finish option, shouldn't it? <laughs> it's almost like Moha- Mo- Mojave burst. Barely a burst. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was on yeah, a. That- um, uh, I can't remember if it was Instagram or Facebook this week, and I I um I saw a Fidelity guitar, uh, and it was this. So they've they've got. Um, a couple of kind of standard standard shapes, and one of them looks a bit like, uh, do you know Malcolm Young's Gretsch? Yeah, it looks looks a bit like that, but it was in this kind of um, pink, like warm pink finish with like a half um, uh, half pick guard, which was taut. Uh, and I put I threw up a comment on that saying that that old. Uh, Pinky McTort half guard is beautiful. Uh, and and our, our man at Fidelity was like, that is the best name. It's so good. <laughs> so, yeah, I've uh, unofficially dubbed one of his uh, guitars Pinky McTort half guard. I mean, it, it tells you exactly what it looks like. It does, yeah. It's not quite as good as barely a burst. I, I, I'm, I'm loving that. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I need to patent that before somebody steals it. Well, I, I imagine it's going to be our episode title. <laughs> Wee. There we go. It's I've, I've put a marker on the, uh, on the recording. That'll, that'll help me. Point you back to it. That's it. Um, so. Uh, aside from Gibson in us, uh, have you have you done done stuff this week, Matt? Um, other than uh, say to Mister Fletcher that I'm really disappointed with the wide range humbuckers, and he was like, "Well, why don't you send them over and I'll rewind them?" <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "Well, I've still got to wire some pickups into my uh, vintage Les Paul, so I was planning on doing that." Not next week, but the week after. I've got a week off. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to do it then. I'm like, it's it's just it's not going to happen when I try to do things in the evenings. So I've got a week off where I'm basically just using it to recover from the project I've been running for the last three months. Yeah. So I'll do it in then, and at the same time, whilst the solder irons out, I'll take the pickups back out of the silver telecaster because they are just so disappointing. Those wide range, yeah. the modern wide range yeah. humbuckers. Yeah, so I'll send them back over to Mister Fletch, and I was like, "Well, what? What do you when you say rewind? Like, would you could you turn them into one of your current ones, or would you just have to do a, a totally new voice?" And he's like, "Oh, it's totally up to you." And I was like, "Right, I'll do a budget pedal chap, 
you do what you want and I'll put them back in the guitar. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do... I, I put a lot of faith in Mr. Fletcher when it comes to my pickups because I'm very indecisive. <laughs> um, so I just go, yeah, do what you want, mate. And like I said to you, like never, not once has he disappointed me. <laughs> so yeah, it's a it's a wonderful game. It's like it's like doing the lottery where you know you're gonna win. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, so that's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to send it with instructions that as long as it's not unpotted, do whatever yeah. he wants. Just because I, I play a lot with Drive and I'm yeah, going yeah. to be playing more with Drive in the future, hopefully. Which leads on to the other thing that I've been doing <laughs> yeah. this week. Pray tell. <laughs> so, probably, I want to say probably like two days after we recorded the last cast, I got a message off somebody saying, would I like to come and try out for a classic rock style band uh, their guitarist can no longer commit time to the band they had a female lead singer who had a child and can no longer commit time to the band so their guy who plays keyboards is going to do vocals whilst we practice and then they might look to get an extra vocalist in they're not sure um, but yeah they, they got into contact with me just because they've seen me playing around and they spoke to a couple of people. And yeah, yeah. They, they I, I was recommended by a couple of people, so they got in contact with me, which is a really good feeling to know that on the local scene, I've finally sort of, you know, you know getting a little bit. Yeah, of you're getting the recognition. Yeah, the is, the fact that they've they've heard of you and then went, yeah, yeah, we want that guy, rather yeah, than so, <laughs> which would probably be the opposite <laughs> for me. It'd be oh. Oh, that guy. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, that, like, obviously, I, I look out in the fact that the band that I'm in currently is, is quite well known. We play yeah. all the big kind of gigs for the Island Man, the 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 Bushies Fest, the Bushies uh, yeah, the tent Bushies beer tent in yeah. the summer, and uh, the Hooded Ram, which is the other the other beer tent in the summer. Um, kind of those, those gigs alone kind of exposed us to about eight thousand people. So. Like in the last year, and then like we've been doing doing it for a while. We've been on the circuit for I've been with them for eight years, and they've been on the circuit for ten years. So being in, in that band obviously has helped quite a bit. But um, the stint that I had in the the band a couple of years ago, I think it was probably about the time that this podcast started. I was having a stint in a, a band for a while that kind of didn't kick off. They they were used to being a three piece. Yeah, those who shall not be named. The, Fuck you guys. To be fair, the. The guitarist from them was one of the people who re- recommended me for this band. So it wasn't that I'm a, I'm a bad player that they didn't want me. It was just it kind of didn't quite fit for yeah, how they, they felt as a. They want they they wanted to still continue as a three piece. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So basically, they they'd been a four piece. They then relearned everything as a three piece. Played for a couple of years. Decided that they felt that they might want to be a four piece again, and then after becoming a four piece, they were like, "Well, actually, we had more yeah. fun when it was a three piece." Nah. And yeah. they're 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 writing their own stuff, so it's fair. Like, if you're doing your own original material, like, yeah. at the end of the day, it's it's up to them. And I, I don't have any hard feelings about it. You know, if if they, they want to continue as a three piece, and they they've gone on, they they've gone on and done quite well for themselves. And I, like, I I still enjoy listening to their music every now and again. They supported Feeder last year. Um, oh, fair play. Which, I've heard you know, of those it, guys. It would have been a great gig to play, but you know, 
the same time, yeah. it's not the end of the world that I was watching rather than uh, playing. But yeah, yeah. Um, it was so they recommended me. There was another couple of people that had recommended me, and um, like I say, they they'd heard of me as well. So I've just been sent a list of thirty songs to learn. <laughs> so that that I know has three. A, it has a slight impact on our um, on our little monthly challenge, doesn't it? It it, it does. So I. I had a fiddle around with rock and roll. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I couldn't um, let that one slide. <laughs> uh, so I, I had a mess around and kind of had a look at it. And the, the start of the solo is very hard to hear. It is, yeah. I mean, most of the solo is difficult to hear because it's just... It's, it's yeah, very it's low in the mix, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, which is odd for a Jimmy Page solo. I assume I, he I didn't use the Telecaster. Yeah. Well, I think it was it was that way for a reason. I think it was like, oh, this is not my greatest work. Let's let's not yeah, highlight possi- it too quite much. Possibly, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so I, I had had a, qu- a quick look at it, but I haven't gone into it in kind of much depth. And then, yeah, my current band have put three new songs in for our gig on Friday night, and then I got another list of thirty songs where I I knew three of them. Shit, man. So that's 27 songs that I need to learn ahead of a song for podcast, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, fair so I, I, To be fair, like I've, I've, I'm learning five songs for next week um, so that I can have a jam with them next week, and then that'll kind of be my audition for them. But they, their emails and text messages that I've had back and forth almost seems like <laughs> I'm already part of the band. So right. as long as I don't bollocks it up, I should be all right. That's it. No impromptu finger tapping solos, Mister <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> I mean, we're starting like the the first song I've been asked to learn was a status quo one. They do they do finger tapping all the time, don't they? Lots of swept arpeggios, lots of finger tapping. <laughs> uh, I find it difficult to distinguish between um, between status quo and Malmsteen a lot of the time. It's it's very difficult. Shit, yeah, man. Yeah, almost impossible. <laughs> I don't know enough status quo. I'll be honest. I I know the, I know the 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 big hits, um, and it, they they get the they they're kind of tarred with the the brush that they they are a three chord band, and the the songs that I know from status quo. A lot of them aren't three chords. So. No, I mean, the the ones that stick in my head aren't the three. Like, obviously, they do have... I think it's probably more that on a status quo album, there's six of ten, co- ten songs that are in 12-bar or a version yeah. of 12-bar. That's it. But the ones, the ones that were the hits weren't the ones that are in 12-bar. Like, they, they have a bit of that in it somewhere, but there's a lot yeah. of... Digger, 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 actual like proper intros and stuff so like i'm learning down down for the for this uh, practice next week which again it's got a proper intro there's a bit of in there as well but i mean the other go with what you know let's go come on yeah yeah and the other the other thing is this is a band that only has one guitar okay and that's gonna be interesting for me because there's nowhere to hide when there's no other guitarist yeah, and uh, status quo definitely had two guitarists. Yeah, 
So but you want to kind of cover cover the the sonic area of two guitars there as well, aren't you? Yeah, uh, which I'll I'll work out a way of, of it'll either be songs that Octave usually pedals, use yeah. single chords or songs that use single chords, just chunking it out with humbuckers instead, and you know I'll, um, I'll work ways of doing things. I'm seeing a, a a lovely opportunity for a Les Paul shaped guitar here. <laughs> I said exactly the same thing when I and uh, the guitar geek messaged me forty minutes before the video went live and just said, "Just so you know, there's a video going live that you might want to watch in forty minutes." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, it's a Les Paul," and it kind of like, "Yeah, he reckons it'll be about four weeks till it's ready." And I'm like, "That's just about kind of that perfect." You was gonna say that that ties in, doesn't <laughs> it? That <laughs> yeah. So yeah do things like that but yeah I mean there's all sorts because they because they were a female fronted band there's although there's a lot of classic rock there's also a few like songs from female singers that you wouldn't put in the same genre but probably go quite well so things like Jolene by Dolly Parton is in there um, oh, there's you, some Love Katie Tunstall there's you can dig a bit uh, of Avril Lavigne, I think there's a couple of them in there. I mean, um, I think I think you found the line at which I draw. <laughs> you see, I I love Avril Lavigne just because I was about twelve when that first album dropped. I can understand the appeal of Avril Lavigne. Most of it involves the mute button. <laughs> uh, yeah, you see, I no. I kind of enjoyed it with the music as well. Oh, to be fair, I mean some of the some of the earlier stuff was was actually, I'm not going to say it was good, but it was catchy. Um, yeah, and this is this is early stuff. This isn't earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proper pop nonsense. That's it. Mind you, that being said, I'm I'm sure there was a a, a ballad from one of the, the later albums, which which was quite legit. I vaguely recall, but (laughs) I don't really know much of her old stuff. To be fair, I followed her for her first two albums, and then I, by the time she started releasing stuff after the second album, I was in my punk phase and ignoring all modern music. So good on you. The rest of it just kind of yeah disappeared to me. What you're saying that Avril Lavigne wasn't punk? (gasps) (gasps) Definitely (laughs) not. No, yeah, almost the antithesis, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So there's all all sorts of stuff like that, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it's the kind of music I grew up loving. I like I grew up on the yeah, Air Guitar albums. I grew up on Queen. There's a couple of Queen tracks in there as well to learn. Nice. Um, and then like my mum was big ELO fan. There's a couple of ELO tracks in there for me to learn, and it's all kind of just stuff that is bringing back memories and making me excited to learn songs again which when you've been playing in the same band with the same people for a while you kind of get a bit stagnant so it'd be yeah, great it's... to play with new musicians and a different genre than what I'm used to absolutely and what I want you to do from this new band is take some of the some of the more interesting things that you that you're learning from that and set that as one of the monthly challenges. So if there's like a particular ELO solo that you you dig in, bring bring it yeah. to us because I, I, I want to be I want to be learning something that's going to excite me. Come as well. along with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll come along yeah, on yeah. that ride. Yeah, 
Absolutely. I think that's that's what our monthly challenges are all about, really, aren't they? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I am definitely. I mean, we're we're kind of we're almost at the end of uh, March now, and I have not got rock and roll down at all. So <laughs> no, I, I, I think it was like thinking about it at the time. I was like, yeah, this is a great one to choose, and then actually listening to the track is probably a very poor one to choose. Yeah, yeah, because so. it's it, it's it's more about the riff than it is about the the lead work in it. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And even that, like, the, there's almost three guitars at some point because he's got the you got the riff going on constantly, and yeah. then you've got then that you just got... yeah, yeah, that that little bit kind of goes over the top of the solo as well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's quite which... a dense mix, isn't it? Uh, which is why it's really difficult to hear the solo in it. Yeah. Um, so mentioning <laughs> mentioning new guitars. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> as I mentioned uh, quite a lot last year, I was after an SG, which I've I've now now got, uh, and yep. I was after a Flying V, um, and it's yep. it's taken so much of my time to try and find a Flying V because I, I haven't got a lot of money at the moment, um, owing to a house move, which is stressful and financially draining. Um, so I haven't got a, a lot of cash kicking about, but I happened to have sold a couple of things and had some money just floating in my PayPal account. Um, so like trying to find always the best. It, it, yeah, it's it's like free money. It's brilliant. Um, but like trying to find a flying V that fit the specifications of me actually liking the look of it, as well as um, fitting within that price range. Was was almost a nigh on impossible task. However, so uh, when you when it, when you say you liking the look of it, I I assume you mean it looks more like a Gibson Flying V than a Dean. Uh, actually, the Dean Flying Vs I don't mind at all. Um, however, really? I thought they were really really pointy. N- uh, no, so you're thinking the, the Razorback Vs are pointy, um, but they do. They did the VX and the V79, I believe. Uh, so the, the VX is, is like a flying V, but with the, then on the headstock, a slightly smaller flying V, um, <laughs> which I've, I think is pretty pretty hilarious. Um, but they, the, the, the V79, or I think that's what it's called. It might be the V69. Um, that one is, is definitely should be the V sixty nine. Even if it's not, it's now the V sixty nine. Yeah, that's it. We've we've re- rebranded it. Um, sixty nine with added V. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're back back on form. Um, <laughs> so th- that that one is very much aesthetically what I'm after with a flying V, uh, which is your standard, your kind of almost rounded V shape like a Gibson flying V. Um, rather than being pointy like a like a Jackson V, yeah. But it's also it's it's got a, a bound body and a, a bound neck, um, which is is the kind of V that I'm I'm absolutely in love with. Um, uh, which a lot of the the Gibson stuff isn't. Uh, yeah, you've got to go for like really specific uh, specific Gibsons like the the Trad Pros, uh, which are like 
900 quid upwards worth of flying V, which again <laughs> falls far out of my remit for something yeah. that'll go, oh, this is fun, uh, and then probably not play it again. Put it in the corner. Put it in That's the corner. It. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I was, I was having a look around. I was, I was looking for the, 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 uh, the Dean 79s, but they, they all came in at like three, four hundred quid, um, which is fair enough because they are that kind of guitar. Um, and then I ended up finding um, like a, a guitar that I, I once saw in the flesh a really really long time ago in like a like a really obscure um music shop in wales uh when i went went on a trip to wales once um it's got to be like probably about 15 years ago that i saw this and it was um a hamer um i think they call it the vector but it's essentially it, it it's very similar to that where it's so it's like an ebony, uh, ebony Les Paul, if you will, like a, a Les Paul standard, where it's got it's got like a a body binding and a neck binding as well. Um, I so I managed to, yeah, I managed to find one of those on on eBay for a pretty decent price, and that should be within the next maybe a couple of days finding its way to me. <laughs> so, yep. The grin on your face. My, my paper. <laughs> you can't wait. Uh, yeah, that's it. My, my PayPal account is completely empty now, but I'm happy. So yeah, that's I've, the I've got. Work. Yeah, I've I've got my childish guitars now. So they're they're almost like midlife crisis guitars, which is brilliant. <laughs> I want something pointy, and I want a flying V. Uh, so I've done that, um, but by the time that the by the time that this podcast comes out as well, I should, if I remember to upload it, um, should on my YouTube uh, channel have a um, a uh, a video of the JSA Hot Toddy. No, it's not. It's the it's the little treble maker. Sorry. Uh, so I've done I've done two videos this week, which is uh, two of the JSA pedals. Um, I did some teasers over on Instagram as well. Um, which I mean the, the teaser was all right, but I, I gave them a good uh, a good um, kind of thorough playing, um, and the the one that's coming up this week is the little treble maker, which is essentially the um, the tone control on a clon. So it's right, okay, uh, yeah, kind of. A very transparent boost, if you will. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, I uh, for for a very brief period of time, I had the uh, the J Rocket Archer because they're supposed to be like a a very very um, accurate clone clone, and I couldn't care less about it to be honest. Um, I played it. I thought it's okay, but it didn't blow me away. Um, however, this uh, this little troublemaker made me change my mind about that. So, because it's a it's just the treble control. It, it's almost like a kind of a very subtle um, presence push. And I never right. really understood when when people were saying, "Oh yeah, I, I I've got a clon and it's an always on thing." It's like. What? Why? 
Um, but with, with this this um, this JSA uh, troublemaker, the little troublemaker, I actually started to understand why you'd why you'd want that. Um, Just to and, tweak your EQ rather than anything else. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's. It's not in like a super in your face way, but it just kind of sweetens every everything. So you could have it as an always on. Um but I also uh did it um after a drive pedal. Uh, to kind of like uh, after a kind of dark drive pedal to to sculpt the EQ on that. And then before um before a drive pedal as well. And I used it almost to kind of push the front end of that drive, but also kind of add a bit of clarity as well. Uh, and it worked amazingly. Sounds like a really useful kind of yeah, yeah. Piece it, of kit. it really is. And I think um, if if I remember rightly, he was asking like fifty quid for that, which is not a great deal of money for a hand wired um, nope. guitar pedal. So yeah. I might have to find some more money just drop into my PayPal account. <laughs> um, but I, I also did the hot toddy, but I'll uh, I'll save that for next time because I think uh, there's there's a fair fair lot to be talked about that. Um, and I <laughs> I have noticed that we are like uh, forty minutes into our podcast <laughs> and we have not done any news. Oops. Uh, yeah, well, I'm sure I had something else that I needed to talk about. Uh, probably, but we'll, we'll, so I reckon we'll do maybe like one or two, um, one or two news, newses, uh, and we'll save the others for the live cast on Sunday or yesterday, Last if night. you are listening to this. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, so. Last first, night on first, Sunday, you know. That's it. First thing is first. Um, I, uh. Saw a uh, a little advert for a a plugin, which is not something that we usually cover. Um, but Blue Cat Audio uh, have released something called the Re Guitar. Um, so this is a plugin that essentially you can record record any guitar um, into your into your interface, and then add this plugin. And it will change the characteristics of whatever guitar you're playing to, uh, say, to like a P90 sound or a single coil sound or a humbucker sound, even if the original guitar wasn't one of those things. Right, okay. So almost like, say, if you had that but built into a guitar... Exactly that. So it, it's, it's almost like an outboard variax. Obviously not as comprehensive because it doesn't do tunings or it's not it's not every specific type of guitar and then like modeling the bodies as well and, and whatnot. But you get so let's uh, let's let's read off this list. Uh, so your your single coil settings are um, hot single coil, vintage single coil, modern, active, you've got uh, tele set so tele bridge tele neck tele middle you've got your in between sends as well you've got p90s and p90j um which i don't know what the j stands for but so that that's quite quite comprehensive uh 
I, I, I don't even know what it could stand for because P90J is not a type of pickup. Hmm. Unless it's P90 Junior. But then that's Ooh. just a P90 in a Les Paul Junior, isn't it? It might be like the the uh, soap bar versus the dog ear. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I didn't do that much research. Um, but yeah, so they've got the single coil mode. They've got humbucker mode. So vintage, classic, Ricky, which I'm assuming is Rickenbacker. Modern, rails, which I'm assuming is like your kind of single single coil humbucker um, pickup. Bright, uh, wide, wide jazz, and then jazz box. And actually, on the um, on the video, they they showed a, I think it was like a Strat, or it, maybe it was like a Tele, and then they they switched on this this jazz box mode, and it sounded amazing. It sounded it sounded so much like a like a proper jazz box. Um, and the, they've also got acoustic models, but I don't think anyone cares about them. Um, so, <laughs> nope. So I mean, interesting interesting stuff. Um, what what's your uh, what's your thoughts uh, thoughts and opinions on that? I I like the sound of it. Um, there was was it one of the was it a Moore product or a Hot One product that said it was going to do this as well, and we it was kind of just kind of in there, and it said it would turn your guitar from humbuckers to single coils to P nineties and stuff. I vaguely remember. It's something from Nam, but I might be wrong. Yeah, wasn't that the the Hotone Ampero? Quite possibly. I knew it was either Moore or um, Hotone, but yeah. And my question again is going to be very similar. How can it say that it can take a guitar signal from a Strat, a Tele, and a Les Paul and make them all sound the same? As in, you input either a like you're playing either a Tele, a Les Paul, or a Strat, and you put it into jazz box mode, and it will say and sound like a jazz box. That's yeah, a yeah. different EQ, different sound, different texture, different, different, almost like a different flavor of input. So how yeah. do you make that always sound like a jazz box? Yeah, uh, yeah. So there, there are there are variables, aren't there? And the thing yeah, that whereas like so, like we were. Yeah, carry on. Yeah. I, I, I was just gonna say, like, like, like we said about the 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 hot one, uh, Ampera or whatever it was, um, the Variax does it by having piezos under the, under the saddles, so it has a consistent thing to to turn into those sounds. It has a consistent input. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my my concern would be um, if you are recording, so. Rather than going direct in, uh, I could I could almost understand it being able to do that. But if you're recording through like a microphone and then you try to add this afterwards, the yeah, surely that's never going to work. No, yeah, so yeah, the because the the microphone not only picks up the direct uh, guitar, but it's also flavoured by the room itself. So would that then? Just apply uh, the 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 modelling, for want of a better word, to the guitar and and leave the reverb alone, or 
how how would that work? Either end up getting mished and yeah, yeah. Would and it if confuse you plug the guitar into an amp, is it just going to make the whole the entire? I assume that would just break it because if you <laughs> yeah. had like an amp, <laughs> if you if you mic'd up an amp and then tried to reamp it through their system, <laughs> would that just break the? I assume that breaks the system. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I, I, it's it's something that I I did a, a brief bit of research on. And it, in terms of like the cost of it, so they're asking ninety nine dollars for this. So if it was, so if you were kind of very curious, but not entirely sure if you would use it, maybe this is the the kind of the light way of of entering in on that, and rather going rather than going, I'll spend. 500 quid on a on a guitar that I might not use. Yeah. Going I'll, uh, I'll I'll dip my toes in with this this 100 quid plugin. And if I'm if I'm liking the idea of it then I'll then I'll get to the Variax. I mean so, like, I mean that that's uh, we we've spoken about it a lot but I would just go straight for the Variax. Um in fact when I got the set list of this new band through the first thing that popped into my head is oh look that that song has an acoustic on it that song has a 12 string on it that song yeah. has a jazz box on it that one's got a les paul that's got a telecaster that's got a i know what guitar's yeah. perfect for this set list i can very axe the shit out of this also there's even some um some banjo in it because they do the chain oh no nice. <laughs> and i can do the intro banjo stuff that's not a banjo, is it? On on the um on the chain, it's, is it? Oh, is it, a is it not a dob- dobro? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, it sounds like a banjo to me. But either way, you've got you've got like saying, three. I've different got both of them versions of resonator. Yeah, you've got three different versions <laughs> yeah. of resonator, and you've got a banjo on there as well. So yeah, to me, it's always sounded like a banjo. But actually, as you say that, it's probably resonator in it. It is, yeah, yeah, because it, it doesn't require him to have learned a new instrument. It just banjo is just yeah. a guitar with less strings and stuck to a drum in it. Um, I, I don't think we've got any banjo playing listeners, but if we did have, we don't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so come and tell me how wrong I am in the Facebook group. <laughs> that's it. Uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a it's a skill in in and of itself the banjo. <laughs> but I remember I went to um to a guitar shop in in Birmingham with a um with with a with a chap who he he was a drummer but he he, he dabbled in guitar as well. Um and when we went there they were this guitar shop I think called Hobgoblin Music they did like loads of kind of folky instruments and they did this um this banjo but it was a six string banjo that was tuned like a guitar genius uh, and and he he insisted on on playing this um and <laughs> they 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 were popular instruments the the guys at hobgoblin were saying how they very rarely get them in because once they get them in guitarists just buy them up because it's like yeah, it's, it's a the, banjo song kind without of, having to learn the banjo. Yeah, it's exactly that. Um, but it, 
I don't know if it was just the guy who was playing it or if it was uh, if it was bad, but it it didn't sound great. <laughs> it didn't sound like a banjo. I'm not saying it didn't sound great. It didn't sound like a banjo. Um, it didn't sound like a traditional banjo. But again, it might be because he was playing guitar licks on it, and it was it was clearly <laughs> not a guitar. Not designed for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you you I mean, need to get. You need to get those rolls down, don't you, for a banjo? The, the kind of uh, yeah, the, the rolling, the rolling right hand to get the yeah, yeah, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, kind of like roll patterns, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very percussive as well as in terms of the way the music is. It's staccato, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because there's there's absolutely no sustain on a banjo, so. If you're not picking, you're not you're not being heard. Yeah. Funniest thing to try and do is if you've got a Variax and you play in a band, I highly recommend if you play Dakota, flick to the banjo mode as you're trying to get that like the the sustaining note that you've got to to push up and down. Yeah. And just what's what's the Yeah, and just bang and just just look at the what's the the mem- the other members of the band just crack because it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> You're a bad man. <laughs> <laughs> Again, only in practice, not when I'm live. Yeah. I am actually fairly professional when I'm live. Yeah. It's only for songs like Chelsea Dagger where I don't particularly want to be playing anyway. Yeah, I think the banjo mode. That's uh, that's the difference between yourself and and me there, Matt. Because I would fully do it. Uh, I would fully do it live. <laughs> I, yeah, but the the difference is like we're usually getting paid quite a wedge to play at somebody's either birthday party or wedding. Oh, or, that just makes it even and, more and tempting, ex- mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd be staring. They, they expect a level of professionalism. <laughs> I'd I'd be staring down whoever's like birthday it would be and just like looking at them while I fuck up notes. Now that you bastard. Yeah, and then when they come to at the end of the night, they've taken two and a quid out of the pay packet because you've fucked everything up. That's it. Everyone else gets full pay. You get like three quid because <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> oh, yeah, that that would be my stick. <laughs> So oh. I think we're going to have one last uh, one last news before we uh, before we wrap it for the evening. Um, Joyo, they are a brand. They are. They're a brand who I I've been meaning to talk about the uh, the DC two, which is their kind of uh, multi um, multi delay pedal. But I'm not going to do that today because I haven't done any research on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but they've they've bought a two new two new pedals, which are kind of completely at left field. Um, so <laughs> they are <laughs> they're named the War One and the War Two. <laughs> I think <laughs> their marketing department need to need to have some words, don't they? Yeah, that's very imaginative. And that's exactly. But please isn't try it? harder. Yeah. Please try hard. <laughs> so essentially, both they're, they're very similar products, um, but one has more features. The the two has slightly more features. So picture picture this for the uh, the war. So they are 
um, classic, uh, not classic, um, mini crybaby size. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, already taken on a market which isn't necessarily uh, a big one because I don't think anyone else does the the mini style uh, wars at the moment. Um, I want to say Hot One do. I think. For some reason. I think they have a mini one. Yeah, I think Moore do a mini one called the Maybe Soul Press or something like that. But it's... All of those ones are, are like weird. They're like mini, uh, mini size pedals, but then they like they have fold out, um, fold out treadle essentially. Right. Whereas these are almost kind of note for note ripped off the, um, the yeah. the cry crybaby enclosure. Yeah. Um, right, so. Okay. And so you, you you've got that in your mind. They've got uh, an LED indicator on the side, uh, so they've got that over the crybabies. Um. <laughs> so you're never going to end up turning your amp back off, off and on again, and like unplugging the guitar and going, "Is the tone circuit broken?" Yeah. Or yeah, the, yeah, my guitar said shit. <laughs> yeah, it's because you got your wire on, mate. Stand on the wire, you prick. I've- I've, um, I've seen people do it live and it's when you know what's going on and you watch somebody try and troubleshoot it it's absolutely hilarious yeah when it's happening to you and you, you think you are going mental <laughs> why does it sound like yeah. my, uh, my guitar is going for a gramophone <laughs> because essentially it is you dickhead yeah. um, <laughs> it's, so both both of these walls have got a, um, a a little flick switch on the sides which gives you two modes so it's war and volume so when it's engaged it's a war when it's disengaged it's a volume pedal or war and bypass so the when when it when it's on in that mode it basically works like a normal war um yeah the the war one that's where it ends that's pretty much it uh the war two has an additional q control so um, affects the narrowness or width of the um, of the the, the sweep, s- yeah, sweep. Of, uh, yeah, of the frequency, uh, and then the range affects the. Um, it, so, from what I could hear, it affects the speed at which it sweeps. So, kind of the smoothness. Uh, right. Okay. So you could almost get like a glitchy sound out of it if you put it right. Well, it's way. yeah. It's it's so. All the way up, so to like to mode six with the range because it's it's not a it's not a sweep it's like notched. So at, yeah. at mode six, it it's almost instantaneous going from like one end of the one end of the sweep to the other. Whereas at, at mode one, it's it's very it's very smooth. So you can get right, like okay. from that that really kind of funky, quick wacka 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 to to more of a classic wah. Right, um, okay. And the the War Two also has a, a massive, massive bonus of being bright red, <clears throat> which I like red things, so uh, I would go for that one. But there's there's only uh, so I've got it in um, in dollars, but so sixty nine dollars for the War One, sixty nine. Hey, that's it. 
um, or seventy nine dollars for the the Watu. So you pretty much, unless unless you really want the classic look of having like a black wire pedal, you're pretty much gonna go for the the Watu. I would have thought for an extra tenner. Yeah. yeah, and having yeah like uh, adjustable cue control and a range. And it being red. So, I don't know. And but, it kind of sounds like an obscure African island somewhere in the middle of the sea. Watu. Watu. I'm sure there's uh, tourist information about Watu. <laughs> but yeah, I thought I thought they were they were really interesting. The fact that they were they were taking on that that niche, uh, and they didn't sound too bad either as well. I had a, a quick listen to the, the product demos and they sounded pretty good. Yeah. I mean, anything that's making wild pedals not ginormous is a good thing. Um, I have a Crybaby Classic and yeah. I have no space on a board for a Crybaby Classic, so I don't have a wild pedal on my board. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got a wild pedal kicking around somewhere. Um, and it is, yeah, it's the Crybaby Classic and it sounds amazing. But it's exactly that. <laughs> it's I don't use it all that often, and I think I'd be more tempted to have it just kind of sat on my board if if it were half the size. Yeah. So and the other thing, if 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 Dunlop are listening, can you not put those stupid giant feet on me bloody wire pedal as well, so that I can actually affix it to my board? Absolutely. Yeah, because I I vaguely remember putting my uh, my Crybaby Classic on the uh, on my board, and the 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 base plate of the the wah doesn't affix to the uh, <laughs> it doesn't affix because yeah. because I've got what the you screws. have to do the the only way to do it is either take the screws out and take them feet off, but then the screws still protrude because yes. you can't screw them down flat, or you can't have it on the side of your pedal board and you have to move it inside and to put the top feet over the top of one of the bars of your pedal train and then drop it down. And then the bottom feet are sitting right dead in the centre of the bottom rung. So it's only affixed at the top, but it's just, yeah, it's just, it's not pedal board friendly. I, know, I, I understand they were built to be yeah, prior the classic to cry baby prior to pedal boards existed, but pedal boards exist now. Please just... Give us something that I can actually put on a pedal board, please, Dunlop. That's it. Or maybe just like a a, a rubber um, pad across the bottom, so we can attach uh, attach the the hook um, tape to that, rather yeah. than just having the four kind of feet. Um, but there we go. That I think that's a, a discussion for another day. And as long as it doesn't have a bloody volume, uh, not a volume, uh, a tuner pedal built <laughs> into it, then I think yeah. we're all good. Definitely. So <laughs> I reckon that's where we uh, where we end it for today. And we've got some some stuff that's going to um, roll over onto our, our Sunday cast as well. Yep. So if you want to catch us online. You go in the Fret Talk podcast Facebook group where you find uh, updates on Matt's uh, Matt's Les Paul. 
uh, amongst yeah, other things. I will, I will definitely be sharing just the YouTube videos in there every week. Apparently, it's every every Wednesday. Um, there's going to be new videos until the guitar is complete. Absolutely, and I can't fucking wait. <laughs> Me neither. I, I I'm in it for the the sanding video. I'm absolutely. Yeah, like I, say, in it I, for that. I imagine that's next week. He's got it prepped, ready for sanding in the first video. Good, good. Takes you takes you through all the steps, and it, it it's not a clone of those of that first video. For anybody who's seen the the original, um, whatever he called the first series, something about a dirty Les Paul. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that, um, it's it's not a direct clone. Like he he shows you different bits and talks through it in a different way, and uh, yeah, the the outro to the video is very very sort of tongue in cheek as well. Um, I'll, I'll I'll let you go and watch it, but yeah, it, he's a very entertaining person as well as being like incredibly good at doing work on guitars. He's also an incredibly entertaining content creator. He's yeah, he's 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 a funny chap, and he's he's good people as well. So I would I would urge you to go watch his stuff, if not for the sanding, to support a dude who's just nice. Um yep. and. Has at some points been on the Fret Talk podcast, so we're he. He has. Um, if you want to catch me online, you go facebook.com slash budget pedal chap, instagram.com slash budget pedal chap, and YouTube, you can find me, budget pedal chap, and Mr. MacWine, uh, heel underscore MacQ, and that's uh, Instagram, yep. Twitter, yep. Twitch, Twitch. Uh, yep. other things, maybe. Maybe by now? I don't know. I don't think so. Possibly. Um, and you can catch him on the Bad Bookers podcast every week as well, which is about wrestling. Yep. Um, it is. So, yeah. Get, get, getting into WrestleMania season now, so the, the wrestling podcast is kind of at its peak. Sort of, this is the, the peak time of year for it. There and you go. we've also now got a, web, a website, which is badbookers.com, if you want to read about wrestling instead of watch videos or. Listen to it. See, there has never been a better time to get on the Bad Bookers podcast. And if you have not already, get yourself into the um, Pedal Boards of Doom um, group. And every Sunday, uh, every other Sunday, sorry, should I say, I'm not, I'm not saying every Sunday because that would kill me. Uh, <laughs> every other Sunday, we do a live Fret Talk podcast where you can get your say. Uh, you can add questions and comments to our um uh, live podcast which is awesome to hear from you guys it's always great to hear from from the fans um yep i extend my massive gratitude to you to, for getting this far and for uh supporting our podcast so from myself mr budget pedal jump from mr mcwine mcwine um it will be a tatty boy and good night for this week bye matt bye matt Good one. It was. It was. Oh, yeah. 
I, I like podcasting. I think I think I can safely say I like podcasting. Yeah. Especially with my main man, Mr. Matt Quine. We 